see in church about angels and their ministry, but they're very, very important. And uh, we're going to see here in the Word. But look, before we do that, let's make this confession. All right, make this confession with me. All right, so that we'll receive everything that heaven has for us. Father, today, I just thank you for sending Jesus to redeem my life from destruction. Thank you for being my heavenly father. I do not seek you today because someone told me to. I seek you today because I desire to know you and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You said that you satisfy the longing soul and that you will fill the hungry with goodness. So today, I do not try to fix all of my shortcomings. I just hunger to receive all that you have for me. Today, I commit to rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to be thankful for your word, regardless of how things may look. Thank you for loving me today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, chapter 1. We'll get started there. Hebrews chapter 1. Hallelujah. And let me uh, get my Bibles opened there, because I want to look at some things, and may look at them um, out of a different version, too, just to add to it. Glory to God. Hebrews chapter 1. Now, you know, when the Bible was written, there was no chapter and verses. It, this, each book of the, the Bible was basically just a letter, and it started from the beginning, and you just read it all the way through. Later on, they separated and came and put verses in and numbered them and made chapters out of them. Why? Just to make it easier to find things in it. You know, and it, and it does help because, you know, to go and say we're in, we're in Hebrews now, if I were to say, well, let's go to the middle of Hebrews. Well, you'd not really know where to go because we got this long letter. So it, it makes it easier in that sense. But to keep things in line, you have to, in perspective, rather, you have to understand there's a flow in, in each, each letter. So when we read this here in verse 14, and I much want to read this verse here, it says, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, this is speaking of angels. Because if you back up and read the, the previous verses, well, verse 13, it says, But to which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? He didn't say that to any of the angels. No, he, 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 he said that to Jesus and us. That's who he said that to. He, he didn't say that to angels. He, he said it to us. He says, are they not all ministering spirits, speaking of angels? 
all right, sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. So we see in the word of God, it's saying that angels are sent to minister to you and me. That's their purpose. But when you, see, when you're living right, when you're living according to the word, your angels are at work with you and for you, and you're enabling them to do something. But unfortunately, most Christians' angels never hit a lick. They never hit a lick. And it's not because of the angels. It's because of Christians. We don't know how to, how to enable them and, and get them to move. Well, first of all, you get your angels to do stuff by you being faithful. At least do what you know to do, then you'll be judged as faithful because you're full of faith in the areas that you know. Now, you can't, things that you don't, you, you can't be held responsible for that except unless you just put it off for your entire life and you don't do any study and research and anything, then you'd be held responsible for that. So the per, you know, our purpose is to grow in the things of God. Not to be stagnant or to be dead in the things of God, but to grow in the How are you going to grow? You study His Word. You spend time with Him. You take the Word of God and you put it in your mouth. You speak it out. But we see here that the angels were sent forth to minister to heirs of salvation who are you and me. Now go to, to chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, especially concerning, concerning angels lest at any time we should let them slip. Now, I like it what the Amplified says it here. It says it this way. Since all of this is true, we ought to pay much, much closer attention than ever to the truths which we have heard, lest in any way we drift past them and they slip away. Now, that's rich. See, if you, if you don't pay attention to what the Bible is saying concerning areas in your life, you you move past them, you, you won't even know it's even available. I mean, you think about this. How many Christians live their life and they die early or they die broke, not even knowing that God put in his word the healing power of God, teaching you how to, how to walk in health, teaching you how to walk in prosperity, to hear a, a Christian complain about their sickness in their life or the lack of anything, finances, whatever, is really a reflection on them. Because you're sowing something every single day. You're sowing something. When you go down at this time of year, you go down here to the hardware store or the grocery store or whatever store where you go to get seed. And let's say you want to plant some flowers. And you look at the flower packet, right? And you see these beautiful flowers or maybe uh, some vegetables or fruits or something. And you think, man, it'd be nice to have that right at home where I could just go out and pick it. So you buy the packet, right? And you come home. And you open that packet up. And you look inside there. Let's say you got a packet of flowers, you know, beautiful flowers, and you want those. When you open that packet up and look inside, do you see flowers? No. No, you don't. What do you see? You see seeds. The seeds are the picture of what you want. 
They be eventually become what you're, what you're believing for, what you're seeing. The seeds that you plant eventually turn into that picture that's on that container. Just the same way as in your life, the things that you're sowing, the things that you're speaking, the things that you're saying, the things that you're thinking about, those eventually come to pass. They manifest. It's a pic- your fa- that's how your faith operates. What you're sowing, because if you're putting a seed out there, you know you're going to start seeing it. You're going to, because you've got a picture in your mind. You have a picture in your mind. So what the Bible is saying about concerning the ministry of angels is, therefore we ought to give a more earnest heed concerning these things which we have heard, lest at any time we let them slip away and we don't really lose them. We don't even use it. Verse 2, it says, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great of salvation? That word salvation, it means a deliverance. It means healing. It means health. How are you going to escape if you, if you neglect those? See, angels, one thing you have to understand about angels, angels will not do your laundry. They're not going to mow your grass. They're not going to go out and physically build your house, per se, although they'll help in, in, in bringing people in to do that. Okay, so what you have to do is, first of all, get out of your head a lot of these storybook pictures that you have of angels. They're not little fat babies walking around with bows and arrows, shooting arrows of love, going bing, bing, bing. They're not, they're not like that. Quite the contrary, every time an angel showed up on scenes in the Bible, the first words out of their mouth was, fear not. Why? Because these are massive beings. They're massive. They're not little guys. They're, 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 all, they're always in the Bible, they appear as masculine beings. I'm not saying they can't show up. They can't manifest as a, as a, in a female form. I'm not saying that. But predominantly in the Bible, it, it's all masculine is how they, they show up. But angels will see some different things here, and that's what we kind of want to look at here today. Let's look here. I'm going to continue to go on in, in, in Hebrews 2, verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the, at the beginning was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection, the world to come whereof we speak. That's very important because look what he's saying here. For unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come. And in other words, angels aren't responsible for what happens in the world. Right. Who's responsible? You and I are. We. we are. We're the ones that are responsible. You and I are responsible for what happens in this world. Why do you think the enemy, if, you, if, if you're paying attention to what's really going on in the world today, Satan is trying his best 
to get the rapture of the church to take place. That's what he's doing. He's trying to get God to call his, his bride out before it's time. Why? Well, that's a very good question, and you got an answer for you. Because when Satan gets the body of Christ out of here, he's got free reign on the earth. You think things are wicked right now? If you think they're wicked, you haven't seen nothing yet. You have not seen anything yet. So for a Christian or a, a person that's kind of messed around with the things of God, we need to get serious about the things of God. Quit playing around with them because you don't want to be left behind here. And if you're not right with God, you're going to be left behind and you're going to get the full reign of, of Satan on this earth. That's why he wants the church taken out. God said it in his word. The angels aren't responsible for what happens here. You and I are. That's why Satan wants you and I to get out of here as soon as we can so that he can have a brief brief short period of time that he can do what he wants to do. Right now, he can't. You think you don't know who the Antichrist is? Because if, if, if we knew who the Antichrist was, we'd be focusing our attention on that and, and attacking him and trying to destroy him when he's really nothing at all. He doesn't have any power. It's all in what people think and what they believe. So, if we neglect this ministry, we're not going to escape here very, you know, very easily. So let's go on here. What, is, what are angels like? Well, let's look at Psalm 148. Go to Psalm 148 there. Look here in the Word, and I want you to see this. Psalm 148 says this concerning angels. And I would... You know, I would encourage you to take your Bible, highlight in these areas. These are things that you want to underline so that what? When you come back to studying, you see it. They're there. I mean, I've got writing all over in my Bible. People take Bibles and they, they, they put them on their coffee tables and you open them up and you see there's nothing in them. Looks like a brand new Bible. And then you look at their lives and their lives are a wreck. There's a correlation between a, a life that's a wreck and a used Bible. When you find a worn out Bible, you'll find a person's life's not a wreck. When you find one that's in pristine condition, their lives are a mess. I've, known, I've seen this over, over 20, 20 somewhat years walking with God. All right, Psalm 148, you there? Look here at verse 2. It says, Praise you him, all his angels. Praise you him, all his hosts. Now drop down to verse 5. It says, Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded, and they were created. Speaking of angels. Uh-oh. What did that just say? God created the angels. See, your loved ones, when they die, they don't come to heaven and become an angel. God created the angels separate from you and me. They're a different being. Totally different. And you've got to get that thinking out of your head that Hollywood put in your heads that when you die, you, know, you can become an angel. You know, we, we, I, and see how goofy it is. You see Christians say when, 
when a, a loved one dies that they gain their, their wings. That just tells you that this person has no idea about the things of God. And I don't even know if they know Jesus. To have that viewpoint on angels. You wouldn't find that in old, the Old Testament or the New Testament. Because you have to understand the church in that day, in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, they had a revelation about angels. The, the ministry of angels was taught in these churches, so they had an understanding of it. So we see here that, that they praised the Lord, and God created them. All right? God created them. Go, now let's go back to Hebrews chapter 1. And look at this, this scripture here. We're going to look at a few, uh, some scriptures here. Hebrews chapter 1. And verse 7 it says, And of the angels, the Lord says this, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire. Okay, so we see this about concerning angels. He makes them spirits. It doesn't say he makes them body, soul, and spirit. He made them a spirit. <coughs> so they're unseen. Now, occasionally they can be seen, but so you start to get an understanding about angels. Angels were something, they're a different class of being altogether. They're not like you and me. They're ministering to you and me and for us. And we got to find out how to get them to minister, and we'll, we'll talk about that here in, in just a little bit. Let's look at this one. Go to Colossians chapter 1. We're just looking at the Word of God to see what God's Word says concerning angels today. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 15, it says this. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Speaking of Jesus. For by him, verse 16, for by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in the earth, that are visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Well, pastor, if that's true, then why does the devil look this? Because God, God didn't create him that way. He changed. What about the demons? God didn't, he, he didn't create them that way. They changed. It says all things were created by him and for him. That includes angels. And that's what we want to focus on. I don't want to get on that other stuff. We get on a rabbit trail we don't need to be on. But God created the angels that were created by him and for him, and they're sent forth to minister to you and me. Let's go to 2 Kings. I want you to see this one here. In 2 Kings, we see a different story here coming to pass. Second <clears throat> Kings, chapter 6. We see this story of Elisha. And uh, <clears throat> Elisha in 2 Kings, and let's look at verse 8. It says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, 
in such and such a place shall be my camp. Verse 9, And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for there the Syrians are come down. So the Syrians are at war with Israel. Verse 10, And the king of Israel sent to the, to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart, verse 11, therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore and troubled. Because why? Because he's trying to kill the Israelites, but he can't do it. He's not able, something keeps happening to, to, to stop this. And he says, he says his heart, he was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants, and he said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for this king of Israel? And, the, and one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but it, it's Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel. Telleth the king of Israel the words that you speakest in your bedchamber. Now let's just stop right there. Elisha's hearing, the man of God is hearing what the king of Syria is saying in his bedchamber are their plans. How's he doing that? By the Spirit of God. And because Elisha is so close to the Father, now mind you, this is an Old Testament man of God that doesn't have the Spirit of God in him, like you and me, but upon him. So he's hearing what the king of Syria is saying. He tells the king of Israel, hey, don't go there because uh, the Syrians are going to be waiting there for you. They're going to ambush you. And he doesn't go. And the Syrian army comes back. The Israelites didn't show up. So the king, the king of, of Syria, he's pretty ticked off right now. How come every time I come up with a good plan, a great one, it just nothing happens? Uh, it's that prophet, Elisha. So the king of Syria says this. He said, let's go get this guy. We're going to take him out. So he's not telling the king of Israel what's going on all the time. So let's drop down here. They go out. And, and they basically, they, they have Elisha surrounded with troops. It says here, uh, verse 15, And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, and he'd gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, what are we going to do? Verse 16, And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more, are more than they that be with them. Amen. Now understand something here. The, the servant's looking at Elisha saying, uh, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, uh, over a thousand, one, two. He's not understanding. What, what is Elisha talking about? There's two of us. There's thousands of them. We're surrounded. We're in trouble here, bud. Verse 17, Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray you open his eyes, my servant, that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. See, in the natural, the servant was thinking, we're in big trouble, but Elisha's at peace. He said, no, 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 no. It may look like there's a thousand soldiers out there, but there's way more of us than there is of them. And just to give you an idea, 
he's got all these angels that are on chariots and all that surrounding these guys. He only needed one angel. He didn't need all the, but they're all there. They're all there. That's the kind of force that you and I have going for us with, with our angels. You've got it, everybody, you have at least one angel that goes with you everywhere. From the time you were born, you have an angel. Remember what Jesus said about the little ones? He said, don't, don't you harm these little ones, for their angels are looking in my Father's face every day, all the time. So you have an angel. Your angel goes with you everywhere you go from the time you're born. What's he waiting for? He's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. Your angel's waiting for you to do something or say something. Let's go on here. All right. Go back to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews 1. You starting to get some understanding here about angels? Starting to see some things different than what you thought of? Well, praise God, and you need to. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look here what it says about angels and names. It says, verse 4, being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by the inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. That's speaking of Jesus, right? But hold it, hold it. We just read something there. Every angel's got a name. Because he gave his son a more excellent name than theirs. A name that's higher than their name. So they all got names. Your angel's got a name. Now, you may, you, you know, the Lord may reveal that name to you. The angel may reveal that name to you. Uh, he didn't have to. But really, how much, how much time do you spend asking the Lord about your angel? How much do you, you spend talking to you? See, I, I bet you say most Christians, 99.9999999% never say a word to their angel. Why? They don't even know they're there. They think it's just a storybook. The angels are very real. They're here today. I mean, every one of us has at least one angel that's here, but there's an angel that stays in this church. That's his job. Amen. I, you know, I knew very early on angels worked in my ministry. They were part of it. And I knew that when I went, when I, uh, went down to the homeless shelter in downtown Evansville, and started ministering down there, and the angels showed up. And I, you know, if you ever been down there, it's a pretty big place, and they don't give you a lot of time to minister. But, but uh, I don't know. There's probably uh, three hundred, maybe four hundred people. That I don't, I don't know. I'm not real that good with numbers. But uh, the angels showed up, and I had people standing up in the back. And I said, you know, there's, sir, there's an angel there standing behind you, and he's ministering to, and they received healing right on the spot. And, you know, there's other things that I've seen, you know, in, in, in time go by, too. There's angels showed up here to minister to different, different things to different people. And when they showed up, things have happened. Because I'm, I'm believing for it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm studying these things. And I need to keep myself refreshed on these things. Otherwise, I, I let it slip. And I've let it slip. But see, that's why we're talking about this, so we can, we can stir this thing back up in us, and, and we don't let it slip. We understand that we have some things, but the angels all have names. 
Go to Hebrews chapter uh, 13. Hebrews 13. Here's one for you. And I get a couple stories here. Hebrews 13. Now that's not right. How did I, what did I do there, Lord? Oh, I don't think it's Hebrews 13. I wonder if it's Corinthians 13. I wrote down the wrong scripture. Honey, can you do me a favor and look at this one up in your Bible? Uh, the, the scripture that speaks about entertaining, some have entertained angels un, unbeknownst to them. Uh, that would be 13 in Hebrews? Do not forget to entertain strangers. So I was there. I was in the right spot. Looking at verse 3. Yeah, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some entertain angels unawares. You know, angels showed up. Uh, we're not going to go there just for time wise, we're not going to go there, but angels showed up back in um, in Abraham's day when when what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus with two angels appeared to Lot and they ate, they sat down and broke bread. But Jesus was there to tell Lot what he or, A, or Abraham what was going to happen in in um, in uh, Sodom, and then the angel showed up again in in Sodom and appeared to Lot, and and the men of the city saw these angels, and they they went and knocked on Lot's door and said, "Let us let us have those two men. We want to know them, if you know what he means." They were wanting to have sexual relations with them. So these were good, they, when they appeared, they were good-looking people. All right? They didn't look like angels in the sense of what an angel truly looks like. Is had they showed up like that, mm -hmm. everybody else would have been afraid because these are massive beings. I mean, we're, we're talking taller than this, from this floor to the ceiling. You know, when they're in here, they, they're bigger than the ceiling here. They're massive beings. So, you know, with one, just, a, just a move of the hand, the, the angels blinded the men of that city, and they were able to get out. But I remember that I, I heard this couple of stories here just to share with you concerning angels. And a, a minister, I was listening to Rick Renner the other day, and he was talking about, not so much angels, but he was talking, but he did talk about his experience, and that's what I'm going to share with you. Years ago, he was, he was in the States, He's stationed in Moscow now, he's, and, and, he, and basically, I guess he's a citizen uh, of Russia. But he was traveling the United States and had a lot of ministry dates um, to minister places, and he was just wore out. And he said, he told the Lord, he said, Lord, 
I know I've got these places to go to minister, but he said, I am so tired. He said, would you do me a favor and help me? And do something to make it so that I, I don't have to go to these places and minister. And he was somewhere out west. Well, he had places all in Texas and in the Midwest and the East Coast and places to go. It was just a lot of flying. He needed a break. And they were in Denver at that time. I remember him saying they were at Denver. And all of a sudden, the storm, a snowstorm hit the nation, and it just went everywhere. And um, he was supposed to be in Dallas, and he called the minister down there and said, look, I can't get a flight out. The flights are canceled to Dallas. He said, well, see if you can get another way. Go through another route. Fly to another part of the country and then come back. He checked every, every place he could. He couldn't get there. Everything was shut down. Shut down. And, you know, he tried various different routes, and there's nothing was opened. And he finally just had to call the pastor back and say, look, I can't get there. There's no way to get there. Every flight out of this, out of Denver, is shut down. It's closed down. They're not letting anything out. So, later on, you know, he got that time off, and, and him and his wife were eating at a restaurant in Denver. And they would, it was, it was kind of like a cafeteria style, is what he would say. It was a cafeteria style type setting. And as he was getting his food and setting down at his table, a woman come up to him. And he said, this woman started talking to him, and, and he said, she knew things about me and my family. She talked, she, he said, she, she talked about my mom and knew things about my mom and knew things about my ministry. And she was accurate in everything she said. And she said, she, he, he said to her, he, he said something to her about knowing her, and um, she said, well, you know why you're here. And he said, no, why? He, he, she said, because of what you prayed for the weather. And he said to himself, how did she know what I prayed? Because I didn't tell nobody else. I, that was just between him and the Lord. He needed time off. And he said, ma'am, where are you from? And she said, well, heaven, of course. And about that time, Rick Renner's wife showed up, and he introduced her to this, this woman, and they kind of talked, and, and she turned around and, and left the table, and Rick was telling his wife, even knew about my prayer, and said she was from heaven. He said when he told his wife that, Denise, she stood up, and the woman who had gone out the cafeteria door, she ran after her. And she, she ran out the door, she opened the doors up, and looked out, she couldn't find the woman. Any sight of anyone was even there. Nobody was there. So, many times, see, you've, you've entertained angels and you didn't even know it. Not always will you know that an angel is before you. So sometimes a stranger might come up to you seeking help for something. You need to check in your spirit because it could be an angel that's brought to test you to see, are you really who you say you are? Will you do what you say you'll do? I remember another time, Dr. Ed Dufresne, who he's in heaven now, but um, this is probably 30 years ago. They were building a church out in California, 
and he had to go through a bank to get the church built. And uh, he had some type of weird financial deal where the, the bank gave him so much time to come up with the money to, build, to, to finish off the church. And it was quickly approaching that, that, that time, and he had to come up with $250,000, which may not sound like a lot of money now, but it was back then. It, well, it's a lot of money now, too. But it was an even more amount, a greater amount of money, probably more like a couple million today in today's money. Well, they were getting close to that time um, of, of, that, of that payment being due. It was a, it was a balloon, what they call a balloon payment. They had to come up with it. And the bank wasn't going to help them out because what had happened was they had improved that property so much that that property now was worth a whole lot more than that bank note. And the bank knew it. So the bank wasn't going to help them out because they could take that, back that property and sell it for probably 10 times what that note had, had on it. So <clears throat> Dr. Dufresne was praying and um, he had some of the money, but he was still missing, like I said, about $200,000. And he was in his office one day, and he said this man appeared in his office. And he said, I, he said, I knew in here it was an angel. He said, because there was other, other men with him. And he said, he, said to, he said, can I help you? And he said, this one man stepped forward from this group of men, and he said, yes, I'm here to help you. And he said, well, what are you here to help with. He said, we're here waiting for the word. Dr. Dufresne looked up at him and said, my God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. The men turned around and left his office. They were gone. So it comes about two weeks later, we're even close to the payment being due. It's like Friday, the bank's closed and it's due Friday. It's like, it's like Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, they have to have this money in, otherwise they're going to lose everything. Bank's going to repossess it. And he's in prayer. Dr. Frank's in prayer, and his secretary comes to the door and says, there's a man out here, and he wants to see you. And he, and he said, what, what's he want to see me about? She said, I don't know, but he doesn't seem real nice, but... It, I think you probably need to see me. He said, well, I'm in prayer. I'm praying about this situation here. She said, well, I, I think you might want to talk to him. I, I don't know. She didn't have a good feeling about it. We said, okay, tell him to come on in. So the guy comes in, and uh, he walks through the door. Wasn't real friendly. He said, are you Ed Dufresne? He said, yeah, I, I, I'm Ed Dufresne. He said, look, you don't know me. Matter of fact, I don't even like you. I don't like anything you teach. He said, but God told, spoke to me and told me to come give you this check for $250,000. Hand him a check and turn around and walked out. <laughs> what happened? Angels got involved. Well, I want you to understand is, see, angels want to be part in helping you. There's, there's quite many times I, I've sent angels forth to... to, to to go out and bring people. That's why you're here, brother. Mm 
We prayed you in here. Amen. Angels, angels came and ministered to you and brought you here. That's, that's why you're here. All right? We, we're not just sending angels out to get just anybody. We're, we've been looking for people that are hungry for it. You were hungry for the word when you got here. You're still hungry for it. Well, what happened? Angels ministering. All right, let's look at a few, few other things here. Um, hallelujah. Help me, Lord. Let's go to Acts chapter uh, 8. Acts chapter 8. I want you to see this. In Acts chapter 8, angels communicate with us. And Philip here is, doesn't know it, but he's about ready to go and meet with the Ethiopian minister to teach him about the Bible and, and salvation. In, in, Matthew, or in Acts chapter 8, verse 26, it says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians. Now, you have to understand something. That at the time Philip heard the angel speak to him, they were having a revival in Jerusalem, in Israel. He didn't really want to leave because God was moving mightily in that, in that, in that area. But you, you notice what it says here, the angel spoke to him. It doesn't say anything about the angel appearing to him. The angel spoke to him. How did he recognize it was an angel speaking to him? Unless he had been speaking to angels before. Unless he had his fellowship with the Lord, which it was. It was that powerful. His fellowship with the Father, which you know, we've always said, the most important relationship you have is with your Heavenly Father. Because out of that comes everything. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. So what, what has to be first? Your relationship with your Heavenly Father. So through that relationship, Philip also develops a relationship with angels and is speaking to them. But here the angel shows up one day and it speaks to him and says, Now look, Philip, arise, go toward the south, and on the way go down into Jerusalem, Gaza, which is desert. And he does it. And he ministers to this eunuch who was sent up by the queen of Ethiopia and they go down there and preach the gospel. And years later, Doc Barkley, Mark Barkley, is called over by the Israeli army because they're, they're experiencing Aliyah, what they call Aliyah, which is rehoming of, of Jews. And they have these Ethiopians that are Jewish. And the Israelis want the, the Ethiopians to um, denounce the name of Jesus. And the Israeli army, who, because Doc Barkley is an ex-Marine, they ask him to get involved and, and, and maybe help them out, help the situation out. And he finds out what's going on. He goes down and talks to him, and he says, we understand that the, Jew, the Israeli army wants you to denounce um, Jesus in order for you to come back in as Israeli citizens. Why won't you do that? He's, and, and their leader said, well, you have to understand, thousands of years ago, we sent a man up here. 
And this, this guy, Philip, spoke to him and taught him the, the word of God, and he brought the word of God back to, to Ethiopia, and, 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 and our queen had everybody taught the word of God. Doc Barkley looked at the Israeli military and said, well, do you no good. These men are saved. Ain't changing nothing. That happened because Philip turned away from a great revival awakening that was happening because an angel spoke to him and said, go down to a desert place. Now, in the natural, why would you want to leave a big party and go out into the desert somewhere? You wouldn't unless you knew you heard from heaven. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a ministry as the angels? We won't. You need angels. Now let's get to the meat of this too. I want to um, and, and do this here in just a, uh, a little bit. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes. Chapter 5. That's Proverbs. Now, again, this Old Testament, it was written the same way. All one letter. Keeping the flow. Verse 1. Keep your foot when you go into the house of God and be more ready to hear than to give the sacrifice of fools. For they consider not that they do evil. Now this is a warning to, to Christians, to believers. Watch where you step. Watch what you say. Be ready to hear rather than speak. Because the fools speak for, without thinking. And they consider not that they do evil. See, you, you can say the wrong things in church. And I, you know, I can say this now because they're both in heaven. But I remember years ago, I'll never forget this. We had a, a, a family in our church, and we were over in the old building. And th this particular family had a lot of issues. They st still do. They had a lot of issues. And I remember the Lord spoke to me and, said, and had a word for, for this couple. And I went to the wife and I said, the Lord says he's going to do this in your daughter. And God's going to use her. She's going to be a great voice in the kingdom. And I can't remember exactly what I said, but it was, it, it was encouraging that God was going to use your daughter. The situation that she was in was turn, would be turning around because she was living a wicked lifestyle at that time. And she stood up and she said, You don't know my daughter. Yeah. She sat down. And it wasn't but a few months later they left the church. Not only did the daughter have problems, but everybody else in the family had problems. God had a, had a divine word, a divine rescue to help that family, and they rejected it. And both of them, the, 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 fam, the parents, suffered all their lives. Didn't have to. Why? Because they didn't watch what they said in the house of God. See, there's 
that happened in here, there, there, like I said, there's an angel that's in here, and I'll show you this in just a second, that he, he when you understand how they operate, they're not going to, they won't because of their nature. They won't forgive your sin. Only the Father can do that. You have to understand how angels operate. They're not going to overlook your sin. You come in here and say the wrong thing and do the wrong thing, that angel will judge you. At least you repent. That's why repentance is so important. For, for you know, We don't need forgiveness. We, when we got born again, we got forgiven. But when we do something wrong, we need to turn from it. We need to repent from it. Turn away from it. All right, look here now. In Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, look at verse 6. It says, Suffer not your mouth to cause your flesh to sin, neither say thou before the angel that it was an heir. Wherefore should God be angry at the voice work of his hands? Now, what's that saying? Well, where, where was he talking at in the first part of the scripture? He was talking about in the house of God. So it's saying right here, watch what you say, that it, was, that it was an error, wherefore should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? But who are your angels in here? See, like I said, there's an angel in here, and what you say, what you do, they're not going to forget, forgive, forgive that. Let's look at that scripture. Go to Exodus 23. Exodus 23. Exodus 23 is an excellent chapter. There's a lot in here. Um, I'm going I'm to look at the, la the, the part concerning angels. But uh, if you read the last about four scriptures... You'll find out why sometimes when you're believing God for something, it, 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 it changes, but it doesn't change right away. And time-wise, I don't have time to go into that today. But look here, Exodus chapter 23, verse 20. It says, Behold, I sent an angel before you to keep you in your way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Uh-oh, sounds like places are important to God. Behold, I sent an angel before you to keep you in your way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. There's a warning there. The angel is not going to pardon your transgression. He, he doesn't do that. He sees you do something in error. He, he, he's to bring judgment. The angel does. So be, be watchful. But also, what's the angel's job? Is to bring you to the place God's called you to. So see, for the 99.99999% for the of Christians out there, the angel's trying to get you into the right, the right house of God. How are you going to escape if you neglect so great a ministry? You're not. You can't. Because you're, you're not in the right place. You know, as we said before, we've got a lot of Christians that they don't even come to church. Well, their angel's not doing anything. He's trying to get them to get into church, and they're fighting him tooth and nail. Oh, I don't have to go to, to church to be a Christian. No, you don't. 
But you're just going to get to heaven a lot sooner. And so is your family, if they're even saved. And your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. And you go on from generation to generation until somebody stands up and says, you know what, I'm going to do what the Word of God says. Then we can make a change. All right, so he says, but if you, verse 22, but if you shall indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto your enemies. I'll be an adversary unto your adversaries. For my angels shall go before you. Now here's, now notice what happens here. My angel will go before you and he'll bring you into the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, and all the otherites. And I will cut them off. So see, what, what does the angel do? He gets you to the right place. But then your angel is going to put you in a place where the enemy's at. Why? Because God's going to cut them off. He's going to take them out. But see, we're fighting the things of God, and we're wondering why bad things are happening in our lives, because you didn't obey, you didn't obey His voice. You missed it. And, and the voice that you're listening to, you're reaping a reward from it, and you're not liking it, and you're wondering, well, why doesn't God help me? He's trying to help you. He's, he's helping me give you this word today, and some of you will reject it. There'll be people that watch it online. I don't believe that. You know, it's not that you don't believe me. You don't believe the Bible, because I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Right. These aren't my opinions. This is the word of God. Get mad at me all you want. It won't change anything. You're mad at God. You, you can say you're mad at pastor, but you're really mad at God. So he's going to bring you before them. He says, Thou shalt not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do after their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and quite break, quite break down their images. You shall serve the Lord. Verse 25, You shall serve the Lord your God, and he'll bless your, your bread, your water, and I will take sickness from the midst of you. Why? Go back to the beginning because you obeyed the voice of the angel. Because you understood that they were important in your life. Now, if you cast them aside and say, nah, I don't buy all that stuff. Well, you're going to leave the planet long before you should. And when you do leave, you're not going to like where you go. Chances are. I'm not judging. I'm just saying there's a real good chance you're not going to like where you go. Why? Because you disobeyed the voice. You disobeyed the word of God. All right? Yeah, you can get it right in the last moments of your, your life and say, Father, I repent. I ask you, and he'll forgive you. If you got that time. I don't know. I know, I know the Holy Spirit never gives up on people. He keeps ministering and ministering and calling and wooing people. But, you know, you can get your mindset so set in your head that you say, I don't want nothing to do with God. I'll be all right. And go to hell. That's not the will of God. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people that lived on this planet, lived good lives. I mean, they helped people, they were nice. They were people you'd want as your neighbor, as your neighbor. They were people that you wanted as your neighbor. And that today they're in hell. Why? 
because they never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, I grew up in an era where we had that. We had people that were good people, but they, they, they didn't know the Lord. Why? Because back then society was do unto others as you would do unto yourself, and they lived by that motto. Well, we know it's biblical. And, and even if you weren't, a, you weren't a believer, you lived by that motto. That motto. Do unto others as you would do. They were not. Today, that motto is thrown out the door. People don't live that way anymore. Christians do, but then you find out that there's a difference between people that call themselves Christians and the ones that really are Christians. Because the ones that call themselves Christians, a lot of times they, they live like the world. Well, I'll be nice to them, but if they do something wrong to me, I'll get them. You're not right. You're not right in your thinking. Angels are here to help you, here to minister to you. And it actually says in Psalm, and we, we, we look at that script, one last scripture I'll share with you. It says that, that the angels hearken unto the voice of the word of God. The only thing that causes angels to move is the word of God. Let me just... Let me, I'll just give you that scripture. We won't look at it. Um, Psalm 103, verse 20. They hearken to the voice of his word. And the word hearken, you know what hearken means? I think I've shared this with you. Mary probably knows it. She's heard me say it. Hearken, hear intelligently, and be obedient, and do it. He, hearken means to hear intelligently, and do it. Well, what did we just say in the first part during the offering about a wise man? He hears. He does. He walks. He walks in prosperity when there's paths of judgment on his right and on his left. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a ministry? We won't. So your angels will respond. When you, see, when you speak the word of God, when you say, Father, by his stripes I am healed. My angel goes to work immediately supporting that. He does. I wrote, angel, go and bring to me everything I need to, bring this, to help bring this manifestation because I already have it. If there's anything I need, angel, I'll release you to go and help. Most of the time, I'm sending my angels out to help other people, not, not help me. I'm sending angels out to help people. Mary's back here because of releasing angels to go and minister to her. Amen. Glory to God. I'd take, a, I'd take 20 Marys in my church. I would. I would take 20 Marys in my church. She's a blessing. She's been a blessing. But she's also faithful. She has a wealth of knowledge of the things of God. And God's still using her. God's not done with Mary. Hallelujah. God's not done with you. I hope you got something today. Amen. Amen. Let's all stand up. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God's not, God's not mad at you. He's not upset with you. He wants to help you. But see, we've we got to become skillful in the things of God. And the only way you're going to get skillful is you're going to have to get active in the Word. You're going to have to take that word 
start putting it into you and start speaking it to your angels and releasing it. And not always about you, but about helping other people. Helping